Hello, and welcome to the Austin Art Talk podcast. My name is Scott David Gordon, your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I do hope you're enjoying the interviews I've been sharing. The focus of this podcast is on the interesting and creative people of Austin, Texas. As always, my intention is to have meaningful and in-depth conversations that I hope will be of value to you, the listener. They certainly are to me. I really love doing these interviews, and hopefully we can all figure out together how to better connect and support our local art communities and create opportunities and success for ourselves through conversations like these. You might have noticed, unlike many other podcasts, this one has no sponsors. For me, it's a passion project that I create and produce 100% on my own every week. Please consider helping to support me and my continued efforts by becoming a patron of mine. Go to austinarttalk.com and click on the support tab to learn more. And if you really love an episode and have a feeling it might benefit someone else, please share it with them. It might be exactly what they need to hear. Thanks to those who follow and interact with me on Instagram, at austinarttalk. That is by far my favorite social media platform. I post daily about local art events and try to support and share the work of previous podcast guests, along with other interesting people, art, and podcasts that I find which you might enjoy. On to the rest of the show. For the last 27 years, Art from the Streets has helped artists who are currently or have previously been homeless to have the supplies and a safe space and window of time just to create. The work is then sold and the artists receive 95% of the proceeds. This interview consists of the voices of four different people involved with the organization to get a more diverse picture of what they do. First, Executive Director Kelly Warden speaks to the overall scope and mission, responds to quotes from four artists, talks about how this work has changed her life, and hopes for the future. Next, one of the original founders, Eloise Gold, talks about how it all started and its impact on her and others. Having been a weekly volunteer for the last eight years, Katrina shares details about the open studio sessions, things that she has learned working with the homeless population, and about creating hope and success. Lastly, we hear from Hugh, a formerly homeless artist who shares his story and how Art from the Streets has helped him. First, let's hear from Kelly. Kelly, thanks for being on the podcast and kind of starting us off talking about Art from the Streets. Thank you for having me. So how would you basically describe Art from the Streets for someone that hasn't heard of it? Wow. So um, we are a program. It's a nonprofit program that um, works directly with people that are experiencing homelessness or at risk um, by opening up an open studio for them to that's free for them to paint and create. Um, there's a therapeutic piece, a self-worth and self-esteem level that comes through that. There's a community that comes through that piece every day that we are in open studio. But then as a program, we also gather all of that together and try to um, put ourselves out into the community of Austin and um, show off these amazing artists. And, and then in turn, they gain income through some of these art shows. Um, we have about five or six smaller ones throughout the year, which um, are great places to talk about the program, great places to promote the artist and who they are and what they're doing. And then um, cultivation at the end of the year is this big annual show. And um, this year is our 27th year. I've only been involved for the last eight years. So it's kind of crazy to me that we've been around 27 years and I still talk to people that have never heard of us before. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. It's exciting to have the conversation to someone new. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have this great show. We started at the arch doing a show with 70 pieces, I guess that were framed. And then we moved to St. David's Episcopal church 
And we did that for a few years, and then we just busted out of that piece also. And now we've been at the convention center for the last four years, and um, we're about 15,000 square feet of space. We have thousands of pieces of artwork. Um, We have about 45 artists that really um, participate on a regular basis with us, and they will have a booth there and be able to sell their work. Mm. And then um, we have um, the population coming and going through the uh, program, and they um, will have their pieces there at the show also. So it's a few thousand pieces of artwork. We also provide storage. I mean, when you're homeless and you're living on the streets, don't always have someplace safe to put something and keep it dry. So we will hold on to their work for about three years, Mm. and um, we have a storage unit for that. So that work comes back out every year at the annual show also. So they potentially can have 100 pieces each year of new work hmm. and then potentially have work from the last two years in, in, in the show also that we have collected or haven't sold throughout the shows throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a few thousand people that come through through two days. <laughs> we have um, about 35 to 40 artists that are actually are there at a booth and um, you can communicate and talk with and get to know and hear stories and I think um, when you take things back home that's that's the best part of the art is the story that you have about the person or what it was about or what it meant to them so and for anyone that's listening if you're only going to listen this far at least uh, make note that it's on the 7th and 8th of December from 11 to 5 at the convention center correct and if you're hearing this after that date then go to their website which is yeah artfromthestreets.org and um, we have prints there we have merchandise there um, also, if you're unable to attend the show, we will have a collection of just 2019 work. It's about 20 pieces that will go on for print sales on mm. the Monday after the show. So um, we'd rather have you at the show and um, be able to talk and, and, and participate with us. But um, if you're unable to, then um, yeah, Monday after the, it's the 9th that we'll have a whole collection. This just goes up just from 2019 work. So I'm starting with you, but I've also spoken with Eloise Gold, who's one of the original founders. I spoke with Hugh, an artist, and I spoke with Katrina, who's a volunteer. So their voices will be following this. But I just wanted to touch on sharing with people like how they can help. Right. So um, we have, of course, during the annual show is is a big deal, and it's this weekend. So we have about 100 volunteers that really just make that all happen. But throughout the course of the year, um, we have volunteers for Open Studio. So we are in. We have a free open studio Monday through Thursdays from one until four. Um, you don't have to be an artist to participate. <laughs> you can um, just yeah. come and facilitate. Is what we do. So and and communicate. And we become a little volunteer community and um, love on the people that are, are participating with us and in there every day. So that's a great time. It's a great place actually for businesses if they have um, time off by their business and stuff like that. They can come and participate with us also in the afternoons. Hmm. Then we also have opportunities on the weekend because we do have these shows, five or six shows throughout the year. So it's a setting up a show and talking about the program as well as selling artwork through those shows. So those are kind of our two biggie um, pieces that we do. But um, the volunteer piece is um, during the week is the heart and soul of what we do. So if you can take off a little time or you have that time available to you, it's, it's the perfect place to be. And I know you have sometimes, well, I guess selling the art is a form of a fundraiser, but you also do have fundraisers. Yes, yes. So, I mean, we do um, the online, the Amplify Austin. We're in the yeah. middle of Giving Tuesday today. Right. So, but we do have a spring fundraiser where um, we raise awareness for our program as well as um, bring in funds to help um, facilitate as well as pay for art supplies and storage and so on that, that we do with every day. And people can also donate supplies. Yes. Yeah, so we true? do have a kind yeah. of a specific list. Okay, right. <laughs> 
right. So um, <laughs> we ask them to ask us a little bit because yeah. we don't do a lot of crafts or things from oh, Hobby okay. Lobby and okay. things like that. So we do have a specific list. Um, we love Jerry's Autorama. They're the ones that um, we buy artwork from. So, you know, gift cards from them is, is like perfect in every way. But yes, there is a, is a list and I'd be happy to... Um, they reach out to us at our, our email account. I'd be happy to send that list. But um, donations right now is, is the best way to make that happen so we get exactly what we need. And you also had on your list under how to help uh, on your website, kind words. Well, I, I'll have to agree. We are um, trying to, as a program, as well as to be able to, um, as a group, to, to reach out to people and, and be kind. Yeah. I mean, it's a very simple thing. And um, as long as we all keep reminding ourselves to be kind, it comes out and it comes out in the program and it comes out as a person, as a volunteer. And, you know, that smooths over a lot of things sometimes. Even just acknowledging these artists that are in this program that are maybe living on the street at the moment, just some acknowledgement of them. Mm. Yeah. Seems. Treating them as a human. We always, we call them artists first and not yeah. homeless. That's, that's, we say the art's homeless, um, but we're dealing with, with artists and humans and that's always number one. Mm-hmm. I pulled a few quotes off your website that mm-hmm. I thought I would share and get your reaction to. Mm-hmm. Kathy Haynes, who's an art from the streets artist says, when I create art, it changes me, changes the day and makes things happy. We need to see the joy and happiness in art around us. Yes, um, for sure with, with her and but with so many of our artists. Um, living on the streets or being at risk, um, the day-to-day life is, is maybe not so great. And um, I think the therapeutic part of art like comes through and, and everyone that creates with us. If you're doing beautiful pieces like Kathy does or you're doing, sitting there doing swirls on the piece of paper, it get, has a therapy and it has a piece that calms so many of the people that work with us and are with us every day. And I think it, it does everybody, even if you're not an artist and you're yeah, just making swirls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly sit there and feel kind of that calm and that peace. And, um, you know, we're just a safe place for them to be during those few hours every afternoon. And that's what they want to do. Then I'm jazzed. And yes, Kathy does amazing, amazing artwork. And she paints with her fingers. She's a finger painter. She doesn't use brushes at all. So oh, come, wow. ch- come check out her work. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Melissa Craig, she says, art is beauty. Art from the streets helps me to express the beauty within me. Yeah. So wow. Melissa, she's she's an amazing, amazing woman and um, has um, very quiet not a lot of words, a lot, a lot of things going on, but what she puts on the paper is, is simplistically beautiful. Mm. And um, I can totally see where she would say that. So yeah. she's an amazing lady. Clifton Hayes, he says, art from the streets means helping out people who are down on their luck, who need incentive to keep creating. Right. Yeah, Clifton has been with us for uh, quite a while before I even began. And um, I know he finds a therapeutic, again, part um, of Art from the Streets, but it also gives him purpose. Mm. Coming and creating with us is the purpose that day or the next day or whatever. And um, sometimes when um, you're at risk or on the streets, a positive purpose is needed. And I, I see that in him. And um, he does beautiful work that look like um, women. And it's we always call him the, the, the man that's painting all the ladies. And it's very abstract and it's very simplistically done, but it is amazing. And he's mm. all doing a metallic work right now. And um, it's well done. <laughs> nice. John Monbelly, he says, 
Art from the Streets gives me the opportunity for my mind to focus and be happy. I enjoy passing my work to others for their own inspiration. Yeah, John Mombelli does. He's a bucket drummer. He also works for the the scooter company Lime. I, th- I think he has a car and he he is able to pick it up and do that. But yeah, but he's he does a lot of bucket drumming out on the corner for some extra monies and stuff. But he does he does amazing amazing work, and it's true. It is a calming piece for him to be with us and in a world that's very busy. One last quote, Larry Williams. He says, art lights up people's lives. It illuminates. It allows people to go towards their aspiration, even if for a short time, it gives people a voice. Yeah, Larry Williams. Now, he could say so much more things better than I can. He is quite the voice himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he, he, he's been with us a, a, a while and certainly finds great peace and, and vision and, and um, does amazing, beautiful, large pieces from all over, from very Westerns to very um, Asian kind of art. And we always ask, where do you, where do you get that inspiration? Where do you get it? He goes, he goes to the library. He goes to the books. He goes to things that mm. he feels comfortable with. And then he brings his creation within all of that but um, Larry has has purpose and has um, such drive um, to be with us and to be a part and to create um, I, we did an interview with him last year and was able to go to his apartment and see and it's just in a huge studio hmm. and with a bed to the side <laughs> yeah. so number one is painting and creating and that gives him that, that purpose and peace for sure well, maybe we could finish with just if you could share any thoughts about how working with art from the streets has changed your life or your maybe how you perceived people that lived on the streets before. Well, it's an eye-opening experience for sure. But I, I think the biggest thing I found is they're they're just like me. Mm-hmm. They're just like my family. They're just like people in my family. They're just like my friends. They're they're humans. And um, I think when I started working with the program, I had an idea. I mean, and certainly had had empathy. And as I mentioned to you before, I was a stay at home mom for a while. I was really trying to find my place and where I needed to go and what I needed to do and serve next in the next stage in my life and and bring a little bit more to the dinner table that I had. Everybody at my table had something to say, but mm. I didn't have a lot to say. And um, I think that I need to go find that place and um, art from the streets because I do have an art background really appealed to me and really got me out of my comfort zone and out of the bubble and um, was able to really connect with people and really understand that we're all the same people I was able to bring those stories back to my dinner table Mm. wow that's beautiful Well, thanks for your service, Kelly, and Thank I'll you. let you go because I know you have other <laughs> things to do. But Thank um, thanks for everything you do, and thanks for facilitating all these interviews. And uh, and I hope you have a great, successful event and on into the future. I maybe real quickly, could you just? I talked to Heloise a little bit about this, but your vision for what comes next, like finding a permanent space. And yes, we are. Um, we are unable to do much more than what we do now. Um, Our programs are at the max of our location. Um, The people are at the max of who we can serve. We really want to reach out to... um, the children coming out of foster care. We really mm. want to reach out to have a space just for a women's day only. We have a veterans organization that's um, wanting to partner with us, but I've got to divide them up because I don't have room for them to be a part of us. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of people um, wanting to be a part of what we do um, because they see what a great piece it does for the artists that are participating. Um, so finding a place that we can actually accommodate those needs is number one, our strategic plan and our board is for it. And hopefully we'll be able to make that happen the next couple of years. Wonderful. And if anyone out there listening can help, 
please do. Yeah, nice little building on the east side. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Kelly. All right. Thank you really so much for having it. us. Thanks. Now let's hear from Eloise Gold. Eloise, well, thanks for talking with me about Art from the Streets. Yes. So is it true that you're one of the original founders? It is true. Okay. <laughs> and when did that happen? Well, it was the year was 1990. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. I had no idea. Yes. The very, very first beginnings was yeah. uh, me and my friend Beverly Bima. And we had this idea that we wanted to do something creative with um, the community of people who were seeing on the streets. Yeah. We didn't know what we wanted to do, but we decided we would go down to one of the shelters, which was on Fifth Street at the time, and uh, just get to know people a little bit and just start like that. Yeah. And um, put your feelers out. Yeah. 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 Talk with people and just Mm -hmm. feel out the community and like that. And then we decided to to volunteer once once a week for a couple of hours. They needed people to give out sandwiches. So we did that for a little while. And um, I always remember the moment. Uh, oh. Yeah. So so we were behind this like desk and people were lining up and giving out sandwiches. And I thought, okay, this is great, but we've got to do something else now. There was too much separation. Hmm. So... Um, that's the moment that I always remember, and I and we thought, okay, let's just ask people if they want to draw with us, you know, just make some art together. Because you were behind this big desk, and you're just kind of handing them this thing, yeah. and you're not really getting to know them or spending exactly. time with them. Exactly, and we always knew we wanted to do something creative. I mean, I'm a performer and dancer and all that, Yeah. but I love making art. But my primary art form is performance, but it didn't feel as accessible. Like, I didn't want to start yeah, know, to get asking people to, people to dance with yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I do that, you know, just <laughs> kind of on the sly. But, sure. you yeah, know, yeah. I felt like it was a little more accessible yeah. to just play together and make art. So yeah. we, um, people were sitting around at this time, the shelf, they kept changing and moving. It was called Hobo. At the time, it was called uh, Helping Our Brothers Out. It moved from 5th Street to 2nd Street downtown. And um, so we just walked through the lobby where people were just hanging out. And we said, how about coming and making some art with us? And people were like, I don't don't know how, you know, and and that's fine. Other do we. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. And so we started doing this once a week for a couple of hours. And then we started putting work up on the walls of this room where we were. And it's like one day it was like, wow, this is awesome. There's yeah. some really powerful work. Yeah, no doubt. So we decided to have our first show at the shelter. And that was 1991 when we had our first show. Mm-hmm. And there were 70 pieces in the show. And I went. we went around to all these um, art galleries and asked them to frame them. 
and people donated framing. Yeah. And, and then part of the vision from the beginning is about creativity and community and also bringing the public onto the turf of where people are rather than doing it somewhere else. So that was our first show was 27 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there was this small group of artists, this makeshift group of us who got on board and we created this first show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill Jeffers, who's still working with us, he was one of the first ones as well. So, and we sold work and the artists were like so moved and so proud and Mm. so um, happy to be recognized as human beings who can create and that they have some worth uh, so it was very powerful. Mm. Yeah. Then we started having these open studio classes once per week. And I did a lot of that for years and years and years and years and years and years. I've done every single show for 27 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a big annual show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then now we have four open studio classes a week. And, you know, it's just grown. It was very grassroots. Um, you know, we always knew that it's a great vision, but, you know, we needed, like, you know, we knew we needed to have a real board and all those kinds of things. And I always talked about it as being like a big monster that's really fabulous. It's a fabulous big monster (laughs) that um, just keeps going somehow. So you just realized at a certain point you needed more structure. You probably needed money yeah. to for the supplies and yeah. when did you really start organizing it do you feel like into like a nonprofit? It, well it, it was gradual okay yeah yeah but we realized that we needed to do that um one of the things that very first show uh we wrote a grant to the city contracts mm. because i had been doing that already for my performance work yeah so i kind of knew kind of how to do that so that was uh, really good because we got support right away. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it was the second for the second show. I can't remember, but to um, support for supplies, yeah. you know. But then it became very clear, like we needed other people other than us to yeah. pull this off. Plus, we were all working, and you know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how just starting this and being involved for the last 27 years has changed your life or just how you're how you think about homelessness or can yeah. you share any stories or you know i think um it's all about the human contact and the human connection and the shattering of stereotypes in our culture mm. you know and that any given group of people there's all kinds of people within that given group mm-hmm. and you know our desires to stereotype each other it's just that gets just like xed out yeah there i feel like there's a lot of divisiveness right now too in yeah the, in the world in the country yeah and it's just getting you know needless to say it's just getting worse and worse and people just being marginalized more and more and more and but it sounds like the space that you're creating for people to make art is like a neutral zone it's like a way to escape that and exactly. just be and make be. something and and express one's soul you know it's like my passion is around art because I know how wonderful it is to create. So there are lots of fabulous programs for people to have food and shelter. 
very important, very important. And we as human beings need to have our, you know, souls fed. And um, that's what I see happening with art from the streets. And one of the wonderful stories is that some of our artists, like Hugh, I've known him for, he was in, I forget when his first show was, but a long time ago. I've known him, I've seen him down and out on the street. We used to visit him in jail, Mm. on and on and on. And he is thriving. And we have a number of artists, people in this program, who have housing now. And when I met them for years, they were in very bad shape. So that's that's just heartening. And there's no way to measure, well, did art from the streets have anything to do? Who knows, you know? But... I, I do believe that the, um, you know, the power of community and mm. uh, support is important for every human being, no matter who we are. Yeah, I think that's a key thing that I'm getting from talking to everyone here is it's just like, it's so easy to be dismissive of people that live on the street and you don't think of them as home human. And maybe you're judgmental about like, oh, they made a lot of bad choices and, you know, right. why should I support them? in making more bad choices or whatever. I mean, I feel like I even have my own things that I want to get over, just kind of like a fear. Yeah. A fear of people that could appear to me to be irrational or erratic or could this, is this person going to hurt me or scream at me or I don't know. Like I, I don't want to keep feeling that way. And I feel like that's why I definitely want to delve into this world more and, and even maybe come volunteer and, and try to, have like a human connection it'd be great to have you yeah yeah that'd be cool yeah yeah it really helps with all of that like i remember you know before i did well i grew up in new york city so i would see a lot of people on the street so i've been around street people for a long time yeah that said all of like what you're saying it was only when i got to know people through our program that um like, I cannot now, sometimes I do, and I can't stand when I do this, but now, for the most part, if there's somebody on the corner mm-hmm. asking for money or whatever, I make eye contact and I wave. Yeah. It doesn't mean every time I'm going to give somebody money, sometimes I do, but it's that human contact, and that really changed when I started to get to know people. That yeah. seems to be a theme, too. I, I have some quotes that I pulled off your website, and one of the gentlemen, John McPherson, he was yeah. saying about being an artist, uh, an art from the streets artist, he said, enjoy proving my existence. Creation of art is that proof. That's pretty powerful. It is. Yeah, it's a really good one. He's been with the program a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where do things stand now, and where do you see them going, you know, as far as the program goes? It just keeps... I mean, is the goal is to just be able to to have more sessions where people can create and then just kind of raise awareness and yeah, and I I think um, the board is talking a lot about I'm not I'm on the advisory board now I don't I'm not even you know part of the board board yeah but uh, there's talking of having a place where we can be because yeah. it's it's. You know, like borrowing space. Yeah, it's been hard um, all these years, you know, finding like this art prep. I mean, this was 
incredible to find this, but every year it's like this big deal of where are we going to do all this prep for the big show? Kelly has a big vision about having a home for Art from the Streets, a space, which can be gallery space. It can, you know, be, that, yeah, I think great. that's great. Yeah, it'd be really great do. to have a permanent space to have the art creation and then also have some art on display at the same time. But exactly. it, it would have to be, I guess, I'm assuming it would have to be downtown somewhere so that it's accessible. Exactly. Wherever we are has to be on a bus line. and Yeah. 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 Do you have any final words or anything else you want to share about the program or um, its effect on your life or just a, maybe even a specific story of one person that... There's just know. so many. Yeah, there, there are so many. But what I would say is just in terms of coming to our shows and this big annual show, I really encourage people if they haven't come to check it out. And yeah. one of the things that is always so heartwarming to me when... I see people come for the first time is often people will come for really good intentions and reasons, um, kind of from a charitable kind of awareness and all of that. And then people come and they start seeing the work and people are blown away. And it's like, suddenly it's not about the, the label of who made the work. It's Mm. about the work itself that is wonderful. I mean, people fall in love with these pieces of art. You know, they come and they're like making piles and they can't decide and, you know, and, yeah. and it's just like so wonderful. And then seeing people, very, they become very attached to what they pick out and buy. And it has to do with the actual piece of art. You yeah. know? And that's so wonderful. I mean, there's so much expression and creativity and talent on a lot of levels yeah uh, yeah and it's great and they're also yeah. i imagine people that attend these events there's also the artists are also there potentially that they can connect with and absolutely very important both ways mm-hmm. both ways the public love coming and getting to know the artists and mm-hmm. having a having that kind of connection you yeah. know it's that human connection so so the art shows are fabulous for that it's different than buying a piece online which is wonderful also but it's that human connection that's yeah i think you know really important well thank you so much for starting this and (laughs) i think it's wonderful yeah um thanks for your time and i look forward to interviewing you someday about your art thanks okay (laughs) your own art okay (laughs) thank you eloise yeah thank you Here is one of their volunteers, Katrina. Hello, Katrina. Thanks for talking with me about Art from the Streets. Uh, So you've been a volunteer for how many years? Um, About eight years. Yeah. That's about as far back as I can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And how did you find out about it or get started? From another volunteer, a longtime volunteer who, when I was finishing up another volunteer gig that I was doing, because physically it was too difficult for me and I was looking around for something to do and Mm -hmm. one of the other volunteers says well why don't you come and see what it's like in the studio and I said but I'm not an artist and she said you don't have to be an artist to wash out paintbrushes and put claws on the table so the artist can work so I went and I haven't stopped except when I've been out of town or traveling because it's been so incredibly rewarding 
like on a weekly basis or pretty much every week yeah oh, yeah okay yeah thursday's my day now yeah okay uh, so if i'm in town you can find me at the trinity center yeah working with the artists tell me about that well the space the uh, saint david's church the trinity center is part of their outreach program okay. toward people who are experiencing homelessness. So they already are a focal point for providing social services. And we have been in several other sites to have Mm -hmm. studio space. We started out in the Arch, but that was more and more difficult because there was less and less space available. So the head of the program, the Trinity Center, had been to several of the art shows and knew that we were looking for space. And so she said, well, we have a couple of afternoons where we don't have programming. Would you like to use this space for your studio? And blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. And we have now expanded to where uh, we come three afternoons. And what that means is we have a block of time from one uh, until four. So we spend 30 minutes as volunteers setting up the studio because right before then they've been serving lunch we set up the studio the artists come in and they have two hours to work they can work from 1 30 to 3 30 and then we clean up and yeah that's it so it gives them two full hours to come in and just focus on art they don't have to set up unfortunately we don't have the space so that they can clean up, so we pretty much do all of the cleanup. Although, in the future, when if we ever have a permanent space, which we certainly want to do, that will be what part of their responsibility mm. to do. But right now, it's, it's on the volunteers. Yeah. And in addition to that, uh, the Waller Creek Foundation, uh, which is now at what used to be the Symphony Center. Yeah. They have worked very closely with Art from the Streets and are very interested because they know that Waller Creek has been a place that people experiencing homeless call home. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've reached mm. out and we have an additional afternoon. So now we have four, four afternoons. Oh, but that's still not a, a full time availability. Yeah. One of the things we found is that a lot of people don't know is at least among our artists, almost all of them are working. Hmm. We don't think of that. We think of people that are that are jobless as well as homeless. Well, there's a whole tub load of people who are experiencing homelessness that have jobs. Oh, it's yeah. just they don't make enough money to be able to live in Austin, Texas in a permanent space. So this means that if they're working part-time, they may or may not be able to come to all of the studios. They may just be able to come to one yeah. a week. Wow, so. that is not something that I would have thought of, really, about the uh, that they were actually working. But That's one of the values of being involved in this program. It's gotten rid of a lot of assumptions that I made about people experiencing homelessness. And granted that most of the people who have enough ability to focus on creating art, it means they're probably not in the depths of a mental crisis or or a health crisis or something, although that happens all the time. And a number of our artists have been able, through the new programs that the city and 
uh, other uh, nonprofits such as foundation communities in establishing a little bit more affordable housing. Some of them have managed to get housing, hmm. but we know that there's always a risk that they may experience homelessness again. Yeah. I'm wondering if you, maybe you could elaborate a little bit more on kind of these misconceptions you might have had in the beginning or kind of did you have any hesitation about working with the homeless population did you have any fear did you have any like what did you think when you going into it and what do you know now to be true well I'm one of a minority of our volunteers that actually lives downtown oh so I'm not unfamiliar with the homeless I interact in some some way or another either just observing or whatever else with the homeless who primarily are in that area and I actually live like two blocks from there oh wow um so they were there and I see them and I've never been afraid Mm -hmm. uh, although people ask me that all the time yeah but I certainly got to see a different level of things that confused me uh sometimes about behavior or whatever else, um, I got to see a different level. And as I began to know and realize that our artists don't like to be called homeless, they are artists who Ah. are experiencing homeless. Who likes to be labeled? Um, Yeah, well, he was just talking about that. I'm an older person, but if you call me one of the old, I'm not going to respond very well. The same way. Uh, So... They to be lumped in a group and have assumptions is not something that people want to happen to them, yeah. and that's important to our artists. Uh, so we've gotten away from emphasizing homeless and emphasizing they are artists who are experiencing homelessness mm. for one reason or another, and this a large number of them are veterans. We recently had a show that featured uh, a number of our. Uh, artists who are veterans, some of the experiencing PTSD, uh, and so that's an aspect of the homelessness is, is the fact that they are veterans mm-hmm. and they are experiencing sometimes mental, emotional, or and or physical crises. So that's that's been a surprise, and a number of those are women. Uh, it's not just mm. not just men, but there are some. Wonderful stories as well as heartbreaking stories. Mm. And some artists are, as any of us are, are more open to sharing those stories than others. But for the most part, it's been an uplifting uh, experience to interact with the artists and to see the transformation. These folks come in off the streets. It's either hot or cold or it's been rainy or some days a nice day. Uh, but they come in carrying the street in essential, mm. in essence, with them. But what we provide is a space where, for the most part, within a relatively short period of every studio I've ever been in, there's a point at which they leave whatever they came from, mm. and they are totally focused on their art. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Wow. It, it really is. Literally art therapy, really. It is truly art therapy. A number of our volunteers are artists, 
And one of the things we've done is try to expand the artist's world in terms of they cannot necessarily afford to go to museums and so on. One of the things we've done is to work with uh, the museums uh, in the area. For example, the Blanton got a grant uh, to be able to provide for our artists to come. And if they have an, a show and the artist is there, to have a workshop and to have lunch and to learn more about printmaking mm. uh, or, or whatever particular kind of art. That has been one, a wonderful experience uh, for our artists. So we try to get the artists out to places that they may not have access to otherwise, too. Wow, that's so, wonderful. It is. I wonder how has volunteering changed your life? It's changed how I look at people on the streets. Yeah. And uh, it's changed my interaction, too, because we have a number of artists that I see downtown, was passing by every day, didn't realize they were an artist. Mm. And so now we see each other and, hi, how are you doing? Are you coming to the studio? Uh, it's, uh, mm. So I have a lot more interaction because people recognize me and I recognize them. I wonder if there's any one story in particular that just comes to mind that you could share with us about an artist? I think one of the things that we probably need to work some more on getting across is some success stories that we've had Mm. uh, and seeing the artists come in with whatever they bring with them. Some of them have some training. Uh, Some of them have even taught art before. So some of them Mm. come in with a pretty high level of skill and others with minimal skills. But wherever they start, to experience the joy that they, that any artist has in their first sale of their art, mm. and that somebody really values what they're doing, is in, incredibly joyful. Equally as joyful is when they are able to qualify to get some place to live other than their car or a tent down by the Trinity River, uh, to not store all of their art, but at least to have a place mm. that is theirs and uh, that never never ceases to bring me joy to see their joy. Uh, and if what little we do in terms of providing uh, a space for them to work, a way for them to market their, their art, uh, and you know, every piece of art they sell, they get 95% of the proceeds. We only keep 5% to help pay for mounting and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, they don't pay for the supplies. We don't take any of that because our objective is for them to be able to support themselves with their work. So it's we have to have separate fundraisers for supplies and, yeah. um, and hopefully someday a place. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that come in and out of the program. Every story is not a success story, but it's a success when they're in that space. If a person is ever able to lose themselves and create something that they're, they feel really proud of, that may be the best thing that happens to them in a week or yeah. a year or whatever. We had one uh, artist who fell off the wagon, ended up in jail, and when he came back, he showed me all of the sketches that he had done while he was in jail mm. of the art he wanted to produce when he got out. 
And that was his focus when he got out, was he came back to the studio and he started working. That we in any way contributed, not to his getting where he ended up being in jail, but his process of working back out of all of that. Yeah, having something to look forward to other than just struggle. Despair or in many, many other things. So anyway, to give, to help in the process of, of... helping people create hope and success and Mm. express their feelings. I I feel blessed to be able to do that. Well, thank you so much for doing it and being a volunteer for so many years. And it sounds like just a wonderful program. And I I don't know, I don't see any downside to it at all. (laughs) I I can't think of any. (laughs) Yeah. And we appreciate your interest, too. Okay. Well, thank you. And thank you for conveying it to people who may not yeah about what it is we do yeah i want them to know all right well thank you thank you and finally here is hugh an artist well hey hugh thanks for talking with me about art from the streets i'm wondering kind of off the bat like how how did you first find out about this organization well actually i'm originally from tennessee mm-hmm. and long story short i came down here in 86 the uh-huh. year of 86 yeah i wasn't homeless at first you know because i wanted to spend quality time with my pops which i never got a chance to do until i came to texas uh long story short so yeah. you know i kind of fell off with the housing and everything and i ended up on the streets mm. and I would sit uh this place called the Day Labor, so like the work corner, like on West Second on the other side, it started out originally as Hobo helping our brothers out. Okay. You know, back in the nineties. And I was hanging out there and something told me to walk into the building. There was a building there which was Hobo's back then. Yeah. And uh a friend of mine named Heloise, which she uh directed all of this stuff and got it started so i had a passion for art already way before the show started you did i okay. started back in uh tennessee i've been drawing over 50 years uh i was going to the knoxville boys club back in tennessee of my hometown yeah and i was participating at the boys club and they got they had this little contest going on dealing with art mm-hmm. you know so i always had a burning desire for art you know it was born talent but anyway uh they had the contest and i ended up winning and beating all the boys in oh, the wow. nation to get that honor nice. and uh my first tv appearance was in the 70s oh you know? wow yeah I, I, I was actually on the uh pbs on tv in the 70s yes Damn. for doing the art and stuff like that i got the article at the house which i bring to the show yeah but i was like 13 14 you know around a year yeah yeah and i was real shy and nervous and all that stuff because i wasn't used to exposure but now that i am you know i'm good yeah. you know <laughs> so then that resonated when i came to texas and stuff and got our first arts from the street show i actually sold uh, literally all my work, you know, because I had small pieces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's when it started back in the 90s. And then here comes some 27 years later, I'm still doing it, which is amazing. Wow. Yes, which is amazing. And uh, I try to share what I know, my art knowledge with others, you know, yeah. that are kind of hesitate towards the first show and stuff and a little nervous and edgy and stuff like that. Kind of ease the pressure where they be in a more relaxed state yeah. to where they can sell stuff and deal with the people because not everybody can interact with people especially being on the streets and stuff like that and being Mm -hmm. homeless like myself you know i've been there did that done that you know and uh 
something that struck a chord with me, you know, and and I got off the streets and, you know, I got blessed with housing, but I still participate in arts from the streets because it's where I started from, you know, when I came to Texas and I want to still honor that because I'm, I think I'm a pretty good artist. People admire my work and like my work, and I usually don't do that bad every year, you know, mm-hmm. based on attendance and people. But, you know, it's just a beautiful thing to have something like this to kind of put us in a positive state of mind, you know, dealing with the obstacles and the challenges of our life and the choices and decisions that we made that led us in the situation we're in because – I kind of like, you know, I was dealing with the drugs and everything, and I am a product of my past, you know, so I'm guilty as charged, you know, but I don't have to be a slave to it today. You know, Mm -hmm. I can look forward and do what I do and and be proud of what I do, you know, because life is like that. Life is full of ups and downs, but, you know, it's like a storm coming without warning, you know, and and a lot of these things happen based on choices. doesn't make people bad people because they make the choices to end up where they are and you know, we're not labels, you know, we're mm-hmm. not labels, we're people, you know, uh, we just made some bad choices and got stuck in the choices that we made, you know, yeah. and a lot of people don't get fortunate enough to make it out, you know, it's like crabs in a bucket, I was a lucky crab that got out, you know, because mm-hmm. I was sleeping up on the bridges and stuff like that, mm. you know, I don't glorify it, you understand what I'm saying, but yeah. it was up to me to make the changes in order to get where I was, it's like chess, you know what I'm saying, you got to think when you make your moves and stuff you know so i kind of checkmate and got out of that situation you know you know and now i'm trying to do some good it doesn't make me perfect or better than nobody because i never look down on nobody unless i'm trying to lift them up you know Mm -hmm. and arts from the street is about love it's more than Mm. a four-letter word you know love is only a four-letter word until you give it meaning it's about action and truth with me you yeah, know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, and a lot of people know I've been there, you know, that's why I do my groups up to First United Methodist Church. And, you know, a lot of people come in and participate because they feel where I'm coming from and they know I can relate. And it's such a beautiful feeling, man. It really is when people can actually relate dealing with the situation. They yeah. In. Uh, there was a guy that came in and he said, he said, I really appreciate you coming and stuff. And you're really good and stuff. Not that I was looking for appraisal or anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it just feel good to let you know that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes we all fall off. You know, sometimes people get back and fall off. But as long as you learn from your mistake and move forward and don't be a slave to your mistake, you know, because the mind is everything. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, you can make amens. Yeah, yeah, you can make amens to people and stuff like that and still feel a slave to it because they ain't forgiving you on on your terms, you know, and you feel like you're still a victim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I have mm-hmm. a son. He's about 23. You know, when I was younger, you know, I was kind of taking care of And then when I got into the drugs and stuff, you know, I kind of lost that responsibility yeah, you know what sure. i'm saying it kind of yeah. went out the window a little bit you know and my addiction was my priority and now long story short some years later you know uh it's still frustrating you know to not be able to connect with your own siblings you mm. know what i'm saying based on the bad choices you made but i understand that because i opened that door you understand what i'm saying when i made that choice because they have resentment or they just yeah don't? they have resentments and stuff like that you know people have resentments you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's one thing about it you know people forget probably what you say 30 or 40 years from now but one thing they'll never forget is how they was treated yeah. and sometimes it's hard for people to come off that you know what i'm saying that yeah. that 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 kind of like grudge mm-hmm. to come to your terms to where they say okay i forgive you 
you know, and you feel a sense of relief mm-hmm. and justification. You know what I'm saying? But sure. I understand that. And I don't let it stress me out or anything, you know. You know, when it's this time, it's this time. You know, all I know is I'll always be there regardless. You can't change that. We can't change it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, our parents yeah. is our parents. I don't care what kind of choices we make. We I'm can't just, change that. I'm wondering, though, when you walked into that building and you met Heloise, like, did you have art in your life before that? Or, I mean, how did how did integrating art into your life change your trajectory? Yes. Yeah. You know, I've always, like I said earlier, you know, I've always been a born artist. You know, yeah. uh, I grew up in poverty and stuff. I grew up in a dysfunction family and stuff I went to foster homes and stuff like that so I've always had art it was like an escape right it was like an escape I always had correct I always had art yeah long before this came along and so I was mentally prepared to deal with it it's like there was an opportunity for me to do something that I was love that I loved doing and show the world you know what I'm saying you know so I couldn't pass that opportunity up you know even though I was home still actively homeless you know, that still was a good opportunity for me, you know, not mm-hmm. only that, to get exposure and for people to really appreciate and love my work. And not only that, it's so special because not only do they get a chance to buy a piece of work, they can connect with the artists themselves, you know. Yeah. And that's really, really good because they bond closer to the art. Do you feel like being a part of Art from the Streets was directly a part of you getting off the streets? Uh, Did that contribute to it? I wouldn't say it was a part of me getting off the street. I just knew that it was something I had a passion for Mm -hmm. that I can always resort back to. You know what I'm saying? Doing hard times and stuff. Uh, What really got me off the street was I got tired of doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I reached the point where enough was enough. And everybody... Every person that's out there got to draw their own conclusion, you know, mm-hmm. that you can preach until your head fall off, but until they really, really yeah. ready for change, it ain't going to happen. That's why when, I, when I'm on the streets and stuff and I run into people, they know I've been there. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You know, yeah. I used to run around with the same people that used to get high and stuff like that. So they know me, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so the proof is in the pudding. It's not something what you. It's not what you can uh, uh, say. It's what you can prove. You yeah. know what I'm saying. And sometimes, by me holding on to that, you know, because I had my journeys where I fell off and got back on and stuff like that. But long story short, I'm almost nine years, so that's a good. That's a good thing, you know. Yeah. But I had to learn from that, you know. And and I do know that the grass is a lot green on the right side of the street than the left, and not that I have to be perfect. But all I got is today. I can mm-hmm. hope for tomorrow, but all I got is today. Yeah. You know, so my, as I get older, I start to obtain more wisdom and knowledge and start appreciating yeah. life more. You know, it's one of those things where at any time I could go <laughs> yeah. and that I'm really not con- running nothing because if if God, in my understanding, created me, he's running the show. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> just like Ford cars that they build, you know, mm-hmm. the owner of Ford knows what he put in his car, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so if you take the battery, he know the car ain't gonna run. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. know, it started like that. So I got to have the respect. What know. What do you think is the biggest thing that you took away from being homeless? Like the biggest lesson or the biggest thing that forms your life now? Well, you know, the biggest thing is what I what I've learned from being homeless is it was number one, it was a bad choice. But as crazy as it was, it probably was necessary for me to go through those changes to get to where I am, to appreciate mm. life more. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? To yeah. be able to connect with people more and understand and not look down on people based on their 
choices and decisions, you know, and that was the benefit that I got out of a bad choice that I made, you know, yeah. and I can draw closer to people and, and show the kind of love that people don't get from, mm. from people that's, you know, up on a level, different level, you know, because we're not labels and you're a label when you're homeless, you know, and people treat you and talk to you differently and treat you and act. For example, you know, uh, I can have a tuxedo on and you can be in rags, right? You know, but yeah. You can have a drinking and drug problem, but you just in you just in rags, and I'm in riches. And I go in the store to get a Danish or something like that, and coffee. It's like, how you doing, sir? How you doing? You know what I'm saying? But they don't know the personal hell that I'm going through. Mm. But they respect me in a manner because of how I appear to them and how yeah. I'm dressing. I look like money yeah. to them. You know what I'm saying? Look like a dollar sign. So they're going to yeah. treat me with respect because they want my business. Yeah. Now you go in there looking like you tore up from the floor up. You know, they ready to run you out before you get a chance to get a sneaker. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's yeah. like, what you doing in here? You know, so you get treated differently. Is that a way that you feel like it's harder for homeless people to surpass their situation is because everyone judges them and kind of keeps pushing them down because they're, they don't fit in? Yeah, yeah. They treat them like outcasts. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't fit into their criteria. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. it's like they feel a sense of entitlement. They feel above it all. They feel like they have the right to look down on people that's struggling mm-hmm. instead of trying to encourage them. They want to disencourage them and treat them bad, bad enough that they made the choice they made because it ain't always easy to come away from stuff like that. And I'm firsthand. I know because I experienced it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they'll listen to me before they listen to somebody that haven't been where they at because if you ain't been where they at, you can't relate and connect. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So that's where I connect at. How have you seen art from the streets help other homeless people that you know like kind of okay. bring themselves up well you know it gives them a sense of pride and dignity and worth self-worth and they feel like they appreciate it yeah you know and it's a lot easier for them to gravitate towards that rather than being condemned yeah you know so i think that play a big role you know mm-hmm. and they get to talk to people and and they get to get treated like people you know as the scripture said you know you have to treat people like you want to be treated you understand what i'm saying love is the key you know i i can be on here a hundred years and i can have all the wealth that the world has but without god and love i'm nothing Hmm. you know that's just my way of looking at it you know what i'm saying without love i'm nothing jack yeah (laughs) well hey i really appreciate your time and everything you shared with me yes appreciate you man love you brother appreciate it man (laughs) i hope i did pretty good yeah no it's good thanks (laughs) Thanks for listening. One more thing before you go. If this episode or any other I've produced have helped you or added value to your life, please support the podcast so it can continue and grow. Just go to austinarttalk.com forward slash support. There you can find a link to my Patreon page and there is also a PayPal option and an Amazon affiliate link. I couldn't keep doing this without your help. All the best to you and take care.